So I stole twice in the last month and a half. The first time was when I was selling some curtains on Facebook Marketplace. You know, I had some old curtains, didn't want them, threw them online, see if somebody else did, and someone did. And uh, she started messaging me, said, yeah, I'd love to buy those. She Venmoed me the money, and the plan was I was going to take them and then put them in the mail the next day. But then I kept looking on Facebook, and I got mad. And in solidarity with someone else decided to get rid of my social media for a bit. So she deleted it from my phone. Accidentally deleting the only way this person had to contact me. And then I went on and had a great rest of the day, had a great day the next day. You know, everything's going great. Until my girlfriend, two days after this, says, hey, do you know so-and-so? So I look her dead in the eyes and say, I've never heard of that lady before in my life. She goes, okay, well, she thinks you owe her some curtains. <laughs> oh, that lady. Oh. And then just guilt hit me like a train. It's like, oh, my goodness. And I started freaking out. I got embarrassed. I got tensed. I got stressed. I said things I wish I didn't say. I interacted with people and poorly. You get the drift. Immediately getting everything rushing to the store to go ahead and throw those curtains in a box and get them mailed with a lot of apologies. Because I had definitely just stolen money from that lady. Like She'd been mowed me, and I never sent her the curtains and was just living a happy, carefree life. But when that guilt hit, man, that was miserable. We all feel guilt, right? Sometimes it's light. Sometimes it's heavy. What is it for you? Like maybe you and your spouse are doing a diet together and you're staying strong. Except last night you went to a Mexican restaurant without them and you devoured those chips and salsa. Or maybe you're watching a TV show together but you worked ahead a little bit. Or maybe you went out to eat and you just threw something on a credit card again. Or maybe you realize I'm talking about guilt today and you're wanting to tune me out, so you pull your phone out and you look down and you realize there's three text messages you've read that you're supposed to respond to but haven't. Now you feel guilty about those text messages. Maybe you missed a deadline at work, missed a friend's birthday. Maybe it's a little bit heavier right? Maybe it's something from your past that you really wish you hadn't done, but you did. Or maybe it's your present situation where, honestly, you're estranged from family and you wish you weren't and you don't know what's in your control and what isn't and you feel guilty about it. Maybe you look at your family and you realize that you've not been able to give them the life that you feel they deserve. And there's a sense of guilt that comes with that. Whether it's light or heavy, we all feel guilt. And guilt is miserable to to live with, right? Nobody wants to feel guilt, but until we deal with it, it's there. So we need to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Like, I am very uncomfortable right now. I don't want to be here. I'm glad you're here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to talk about guilt for two reasons. First is that I'm a hypocrite, okay? So I'm going to be up here. I'm going to talk to you guys about something that I not only sometimes miss, like, I get this wrong, okay? I'm not in this as someone who's figured this out. I'm in this as somebody who is struggling with it too, but who also loves Jesus and wants to try and do it his way. So I'm a hypocrite, and I want to own that. And second is because guilt is an emotion, and I don't like emotions at all. They're icky, they're messy, they're gross. I'm a, I'm a head processor first, heart, maybe, right? First, second, but it's like a very distant second. I don't like talking about emotions. I don't like dealing with emotions, but we have to, Okay. It's important that we deal with emotions. We're in a series called Heartbreakers. We're talking about some emotions that we have to deal with. And here's why we're going to do it. 
Because as uncomfortable as talking about guilt is, as comfortable as dealing with guilt is, the peace that comes when we deal with it God's way is worth the discomfort of getting there. Right? The peace that comes when we deal with this God's way is worth the discomfort it takes to get there. So we need to first to understand and get on the same page about what guilt is. All right? Guilt's a heartbreaker. It's something we feel when our heart says, I owe you. All right? So guilt is something we feel when our heart says, I owe you. We've got a dollar sign there, but that represents debt. So it can be financial, but it can be relational. You can owe someone an apology. You can owe them changed behavior. You can owe them money, but also you could owe them time. All right? It's a debt. Guilt is what we feel when we perceive I owe you. I was wrong when I had taken the lady's money and not sent her the curtains, but I felt guilt once I realized what I'd done, right? It occurs when we perceive I owe you, all right? Guilt is a relational debt, okay? And there's two ways we take care of a debt. First is to pay it off, or second is to have it canceled, all right? So I've got a little car that I drive, and I owed money on it to a bank. So I paid it off. And when I paid it off, they sent me a note saying, hey, you paid it off. Your debt's done. All right? We can end a debt by paying it off or by having it canceled. All right? Having it canceled would mean if the bank saw me drive, and was like, wow, we feel really sorry for you. We're just going to go ahead and take care of that for you. And they could have canceled it. They didn't. If they would like to change their mind, they're welcome to do so. But there are two ways to end a debt. You can pay it off or you can have it canceled. And guilt is a relational debt. Guilt is also an emotion. Remember, I don't like emotions. Guilt is an emotion. It is something that we feel. It's what we feel when we perceive that we owe someone something. I don't like emotions for a couple reasons. But one of them is because you can feel something and it not be true. All right? Your feelings are a good thing. They're from God. God designed us with emotion. It wasn't an accident. All right? They're valid. Sometimes they're normal. Sometimes they're not. They're not an accident. And our feelings are real, but they are not always reliable. Okay? Your feelings are real, but they're not always reliable. And whether or not they're reliable, there's something we have to live with. So that means there's something we have to learn to live with. There's something we have to deal with. Okay? So if we're going to deal with it, we have to recognize that it's an emotion and it's a relational debt. All right? Guilt is what our heart feels when it says, I owe you. It's a relational debt. There's two ways to take care of that, to pay it off or to have it canceled. And it's an emotion that we have to navigate. And that's hard. And the good news is that Jesus teaches us a better way to approach our guilt. All right? I believe that Jesus didn't just come to teach us how to get to heaven and have a relationship with him. He also gives us different ways to approach life here on earth. And in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus talks about our guilt towards others. So here's what he says in Matthew 5, 23. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, here's what's going on, all right? People would worship in Jesus' time before he died on a cross by going to a temple. So they would travel. Maybe it was in their town, but many times it wasn't. They would travel to the temple. They would wait in line sometimes all day. Then they would go, and then they would have a sacrifice at the altar, all right? So sometimes that would be like a dove. Here's the deal. We are guilty before God. People were guilty before God, and they wanted to do something about it. Jesus had not yet died on the cross, so as a way of saying, God, we're guilty before you, we're going to present the sacrifice at the altar. So this is an act of worship. So if you're going to go worship, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, 
So they're waited in line all day. They're there. They remember, oh man, I owe Bob $20. I owe redacted curtains. Okay? Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Here, hold my turtle dove. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. So what Jesus is saying there is not your relationships with others are more important than your relationship with me. Actually, the most important relationship we can have is our one with God. What he is saying is that he wants us to prioritize our relationships with others, even when it's difficult or uncomfortable, when we owe them something, as an act of worship to God. So as an act of worship to God, we change our relationships with others. All right? Our guilt matters. When we owe someone something, that matters not just in our lives, not just because we feel guilt, but it matters to God. He says, if you love me, it's going to change how you love and treat other people. All right? This is inconvenient. It can be embarrassing to do this. And lucky for me, I got to live that out recently. Um, Actually, when I was writing this message, when I was reading those verses, uh, I suddenly remembered the second time that I stole something in the last couple of months. First time was the curtains. Second time was actually here at Kroger in Columbus. Um, I had a full cart. I was using self-checkout. I got to my car, got in the car, and then I realized that while I had paid for most of my groceries, there were two cans of biscuits that I had not paid for. And I'm, I'm home. I'm realizing this. Total is $5.98. And um, I just put them in the fridge and went about my day. A couple of days later, I'm writing this sermon, and uh, I'm reading these verses and just... God just kind of brings it like, hey, buddy, remember those biscuits you ate yesterday? No, 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 God, no. <clears throat> Come on. And so in the middle of the afternoon, I leave work, I stop writing the sermon, I go to Kroger, I do a walk of shame to the back of the grocery store to get two cans of biscuits. I go to the customer service desk, I'm like, hey, I stole biscuits, like not these biscuits, but biscuits like these the other day. Can I pay for them and leave them here? And the guy looks at me and he's like, wow, this is integrity. I've not seen this in a long time. You follow God? I want to follow God. No, he didn't say any of those things. He just looked at me like I'm an idiot. Like, really, dude, come on. One, I don't care, and two, don't make me ring these up. (laughs) But I did. And I sat there, and I paid the $5.98, and I came back, and then I kept working on this. It's not as if I did that, and it changed that guy's life, or it changed my life. That was done just as an act of worship to honor God. And there was some peace that came after that. All right? Dealing with guilt's not fun. But the peace that comes afterwards is worth the discomfort it takes to get there. And if we're going to do that well, we need to recognize there's a couple different kinds of guilt. Because there's different kinds of guilt, we deal with it differently. So first is our guilt before God. And the good news is that our guilt before God was paid for by Jesus. Here's the uncomfortable reality. All right? believe that there's a God who is perfect and holy. He's perfect, he's holy, there's no fault in him, and he created everything. And as a creator, he has a right to set the standard for how his creation should live. Because God's holy and perfect, his standard is holy and perfect. And then there's us. I'm not asking if you think you're a good person. I'm not asking if you think you're better than your brother. I'm just saying, would you honestly say that you're perfect? I wouldn't. I'm not. I would say, if we're going to be honest, none of us are perfect. We all mess up. We all miss perfection. So there is a gap. There is actually a relational debt that exists between God and us because of our sin 
our choices that miss a perfect standard, all right, that creates a gap. And the uncomfortable reality is that what we deserve because of our sin is to be permanently separated from God. That permanent separation from God is a real place called hell. Good news is that our guilt before God was paid for by Jesus. See, we cannot bridge that gap on our own. And God knew that, and he loved us enough to do something about it. So Jesus came. He was fully God and fully man. I don't always understand that, but he was fully God and fully man. He lived a perfect life. He did not sin. There was no gap between Jesus' actions and God's standards. And then he died a death he did not deserve as payment for our sins, so that our debt before God could be paid for by what Jesus did. It's an amazing thing. It's called the gospel. Our response to that is just to say, God, I want to follow you. I accept what you did for me. So instead of putting my trust in my efforts to be good enough, I'm taking my trust, I'm putting it in what Jesus did on the cross, and I'm saying that was enough, and I'm going to choose to follow you. Okay? If you want to talk about that, I'm going to be down front afterwards. would love to have any conversations with you about it. And if you've chosen to do that, it means you're a Christian. You're a follower of Jesus. And that means your debt before God is paid for by Jesus. So we don't owe God an ability to fix that debt. Instead, we choose to worship him and we honor him through our obedience. But that's done as an act of worship, not us trying to pay off our debt. We can't pay our debt to God. Vertically, he took care of that for us. But horizontally, it can look a little different. So there's two kinds of debt, all right, with each other, horizontally. Real and perceived debt. Okay, we're talking about perceived debt first, all right? Here's your thought. Our guilt we feel might not be real, okay? It's catchy, so it's true. Dr. Seuss approves. Just kidding. That's a horrible logic. Uh, but it does rhyme. Hopefully it'll help remember. Our guilt we feel might not be real, all right? This is what we're talking about, perceived guilt. Guilt is an emotion, which means it may or may not be rooted in reality, which means sometimes we might feel guilt that is not rooted in reality. I'll give you an example. I've got a little brother named Ross. He's a couple years younger than me. He's awesome. I have a deep love and trust and respect for him that did not exist when we were kids uh, because he gaslit me, okay? Uh, he came up to me one day when we were little. He goes, hey, Reed, you owe me a dollar. So, no, I don't. And uh, he went on. Just came up later. Hey, Reed, you owe me a dollar. No, I don't. And this went on for months, and so one day I felt guilty. I'm like, oh my goodness, I owe him a dollar. He goes, hey, Reed, you owe me a dollar. I gave him a dollar. He goes, thanks, you owe me a dollar. And he just proceeded to continue the cycle. That was not based in reality at all. But I still felt guilty, right? We can feel guilt when it's not based in reality. What I'm about to say is purely hypothetical. I'm going to look in this direction. Um, but maybe you have, say, a girlfriend or significant other who says something like, if you love me, you'll bring me Starbucks, okay? Blink once if that's you. I'm lo- I see you. Uh-huh, we'll talk afterwards. Here's the deal. Uh, if that happens to you, that is not rooted in reality, okay? Someone can say something that may or may not be rooted in reality and then attempt to hold you responsible for it. You might even feel guilt, but that guilt is perceived. It is not based on a commitment or interaction that you have made, all right? Same logic. That was playful, but it can apply to other things as well. Maybe you've got parents that say, hey, if, if you love me, or maybe it's just implied, then you would call more, or you would visit more, or you would do what I want, fill in the blank. And you might feel guilt over that that is not based in reality. It could be a lot of different things. Sometimes the guilt we feel might not be real. For me, where this came up recently was a conversation with my boss, Adam. Um, I've had a life that, at least on paper, has appeared fairly successful. 
the reality is not all of this is my credit. Much of it is God, and much of it belongs to others. But I went to a public high school when I was 11. I graduated at 15, graduated college at 18, summa cum laude, had a master's degree at 21, was working full-time, had a resume that had some nice stuff on it, and I came here, and I felt like I had promised success. I was having a conversation with my boss where there's an area of my job where I had not been able to deliver success, and I felt guilty. And I was sitting there struggling with him, like, man, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I owe you success. And he just looked at me and goes, no, you don't. So what do you mean? He goes, you don't owe me success. You owe me work ethic and your best efforts and integrity. Like, you, you owe me some stuff here, and I appreciate that, but you don't owe me something that's beyond your ability to control. And sometimes we feel guilty about something that is beyond our ability to control. If you can control it, you can be responsible for it. But if you cannot control it, then you should not feel guilt over something that you cannot be held responsible for. So sometimes... The guilt we feel might not be real, and sometimes it is, and sometimes it's very real guilt that's based on our interactions and our commitments with others, and when that's the case, it's our responsibility to fix, right? Jesus was talking about that. When you realize someone has something against you, when you feel guilt, when your heart says, I owe you to someone, and it's real, then go and fix it as an act of worship to God. Life's messy. People are messy. Our relationships with people throughout life, messy. And it gets even more difficult when we realize that we are in a relational debt towards someone else and we owe them something, right? We even talk about this maybe subconsciously saying, I owe someone an apology. We know we owe something. So when we owe someone something, our guilt towards them, and it's real, is our responsibility to fix, all right? Give you an example. This is based on the commitments that we've made. Right now, I don't have dinner plans. So if I wanted to, I could go eat at 5, or I could go to the movies at 5.15, and it's not wrong either way. But if I look at Scott, I'm like, hey, Scott, do you want to grab dinner later? And he goes, yeah, let's do it at 5. At that point, I have made a commitment. So if I bail, man, I'm going to feel guilt, and I should, right? It's not always wrong to feel guilt. Guilt can remind us that it's our responsibility to fix a debt that we owe. So if I just bail on dinner and go somewhere else and go to the movies at 5.15 instead... Man, I should feel guilt, and that should prompt me to fix it. Our guilt towards others is our responsibility to fix. And the solution, by the way, isn't just to not make commitments. Jesus actually says we should make commitments and keep them. Later in this same chapter, Matthew 5.37, he says, Let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Saying, hey, you should make commitments, and then you should keep them. Right? You don't need to exaggerate. You don't need to be all over the place. Make commitments and keep them. And when we don't, and when we miss... We should feel guilt, and that guilt should prompt us to change it. So here's how, right? Here's how we move towards fixing guilt. We confront guilt with confession. Confront guilt with confession. That's acknowledging what we owe to someone else. And it's confessing. It's saying, man, hey, I missed it. I owe you this. Sometimes that's money. Sometimes that's changed behavior. Sometimes that's an apology. Sometimes that's fill in the blank, right? But it's acknowledging what we owe to someone else. It's owning it. We confess to God what we owe him when we choose to follow him, when he pays our debt for us. That God, I confess that I'm a sinner, that I fall short of your perfect standard, and I deserve to be separated from you. I'm trusting what Jesus did to pay for my sins as a way to have a relationship with you. That's a confession. When I 
accidentally stole ladies' curtains, not only did I have to apologize to her, but to my girlfriend and her daughter, I owed apologies for how I acted in the car ride as we were figuring out how do we fix this. Right? Confession, it's owning what we've gotten wrong. It also provides a chance for healing. James 5.16 says to confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I think that can apply sometimes physically, but also it applies relationally. And for a relationship that is broken to be healed, it requires confession. Owning what happened, providing a chance for things to move forward in a new, healthy, restored way. This can be awkward and uncomfortable, but it provides a chance for things to get better. Have you found yourself in a relationship with anybody or a friendship where you've wronged them and it's just awkward? Maybe like it's as little as you need to reply to a text or an email they've sent, but because you haven't done that, you find yourself avoiding them? Or maybe it's more serious. Until that is dealt with, it doesn't get better. But confession provides a chance, even if it's awkward or uncomfortable, for something to move towards healing. And the sooner we do that, the sooner things can get better. They may not always, but our responsibility is to start with confession, to own 100% of your 10%. If the problem is 10% your fault and 90% someone else, own all of your 10%. Don't mention their 90%, own your 10%. And see what God does with it. And it doesn't stop there. We want to confront guilt with confession, and then we want to let that confession lead to change. Confession leads to change. It's not just saying, I'm sorry. Like, we've all heard those empty I'm sorry's that we know, either right away or over time, meant nothing. Okay? I'm sorry, without changed behavior, is empty. Confession should lead to change. All right? When we wrong someone, we need to own it. But there's three steps in this. It's owning it, it's fixing it, and then it's preventing it. So when we miss, let's own it. And then if you can, fix it. Remember earlier, I made a commitment to go to dinner with Scott, and then I just missed it? Well, maybe I can fix it. Hey, Scott, not only did I miss it, could I buy you dinner next week as an apology? Maybe he says yes, maybe he says no. But if you can, own it, and then fix it, and then prevent it with changed behavior. All right? It's a really bad situation. It can be manipulative or even abusive if there's lots of empty I'm sorry's, but then never anything done to change or to fix that pattern of behavior. Confession should lead to change. But what about when we can't fix it? Because sometimes something is beyond our ability to fix. Either it occurred in the past and we cannot go back, or it is in the present and it's beyond our ability to control. Remember, the guilt you feel might not be real. So even if it's in the present, but it is not in your ability to control then you cannot be held responsible for it. So cancel that debt. But if you can, if you can fix it, then as an act of worship to God, you get to try and make right the things you need to make right. And when we do this, we get to experience peace. See, confession brings peace. There's a freedom that comes from knowing that you dealt with God, you dealt with guilt God's way, right? Guilt is exhausting, Nobody likes it. I don't like it. You don't like it. We all know that. And there's a peace and a freedom and a joy that comes when we say, okay, God, I'm going to own what I can. I'm going to trust you with what I can't, but I'm going to deal with this in a way that honors you. That starts with confession, all right? It brings a feeling of peace. And the peace that comes from dealing with guilt God's way is worth the discomfort it takes to get there. And so we're just going to take a couple minutes, and we're actually going to do some of this right now. We're going to do something called a guided prayer. Uh, A guided prayer is what we're going to do, and it's what happens when I'm going to give us a prompt 
And everyone's just going to individually, silently pray, starting with this prompt. I'm going to say it out loud. Just give you a couple of seconds just to pray right where you are to God about this. I have no idea what he's going to put in your heart, but I'm going to be doing the same exact thing for me up here. And I'm going to pray for us together, and we're going to move to the next part. So even if you're uncomfortable with this or it's not your thing, hey, give it a shot. See what God can do. So the first question I want you to ask yourself and then ask God silently is, God, what do I owe you? Take a second and pray about that. God, what do we owe you? We have a debt before you that you took care of for us. We could never be good enough to earn your love, and you gave it to us at great cost. And what Jesus did for on the cross paid our debt before you. So we follow you, and we do it through worship and through obedience, not because we can earn your forgiveness, but we do it out of gratitude. God, we confess that we're sinners, that we miss your perfect standard, and we want to respond to you right now with gratitude in our hearts for who you are and what you've done. And we know that when we follow you, it changes our relationships, not just with you, but with each other. So would you help us to look at our hearts right now as we look at our relationships with others? Here's the second thing I want us to pray about. Ask yourself these questions. What do I feel like I owe others? And then is this perceived or real guilt? All right? Is it perceived? Is it based on something that may not be true? Or is it real? Is this based on a commitment you've made? God, we're not just sinners towards you. We're sinners towards each other. And we confess that. We own it. We acknowledge it right now. We sometimes believe that we owe someone something that's not true. It's not based in reality. So God, if there's a guilt that any of us are feeling right now that is not based in reality, would you help us to cancel that? To find the freedom that comes from recognizing what is truly in our control and what is not. And... Would you give us the courage to address what we do owe each other and to those that we know or interact with based on the commitments we've made? Would you help us to acknowledge that, to own it, and to recognize that it's a real thing? And God, would you give us the courage to fix it? Here's our last part of the prayer. This one's hard. God, help me make this right. Ask God how. What is your next step in fixing it? God, not only do we all fall short of your standard and how we treat you, but we fail in how we treat each other. And that creates a relational debt that brings guilt. We don't want to pretend it's not there. We don't want to be fake. We just want to acknowledge that it's a real thing. And that when it is in our ability to do so, when it is our responsibility, you want us to fix it as an act of worship to you. But that's scary and that's difficult. So what I'm asking right now is for everyone who's praying this in the room and online both, you would provide clarity with what is our responsibility to fix. And then would you show us one next step we can take to fix it, whether that's a call or a text or change behavior or whatever you put in somebody's heart, will you make it clear? Would you help us to make right what we can 
not just as an act of guilt relief, but as an act of worship to you. God, we're doing all of this with an expectation that you can change our lives by changing our hearts and change our relationships with others. And we're not doing this out of demanding it, but we're doing this out of a flow of gratitude for what you did for us by paying a debt we could never pay. God, we respond to you with gratitude and worship. Amen.